BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Good morning. Uh, fuck, sorry, do it again. No, you don't, just leave it. One, Hi. Two. <laughs> Let's do it again. One, two, three. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast Summer Break Podcast episode, your first Weekly episode of five, I believe, which you'll be getting till we're back September 14th in the studio. Hope everyone is having a fabulous week so far whenever you are watching this. It's so exciting to be doing weekly episodes, even though it's only we've only missed two shows since yeah. our last episode. But still, I feel like so much has gone down. There's yes. so much to talk about, so much TV, news, pop culture, and I'm excited to get into it. We are currently on our summer break having a splendiferous time. Having a ball. We went on a hike. I mean, we've only been here for one day, and I already went on a hike. I went swimming. I went to Walmart. Like, I'm just so in my element here. You guys, Walmart, though. It's just not fair that there's not a Walmart in the city, and the ones near the city are, like, really, really small. We went to a super center. We went to a super center. I think we did 10,000 steps. Like, my legs, when I got home, they were jello. Between the hike and um, our trip to Walmart, I will tell you how many steps. Okay, only 6,000. That's how many you've done today? Yeah, between the walk and the Walmart. It feels like more. I forgot to bring my phone on the hike, so I didn't get to count those steps towards my daily goal. I mean, if you know how I live my life normally, like, I'm truly unwell. My body's broken. Um, I plan on relaxing, like, for the rest of the trip, maybe doing some more hikes, but I needed to get the Walmart out of the way because, A, I wanted to go, and, B, we, like, needed stuff for the trip. Yeah. And I'm currently laying in my fabulous new outfit from Walmart. Walmart just has everything. We were, like, in a rush. I I need to go back. I know. We were so frazzled yeah. and overwhelmed. It was a sh- culture shock. And there were so many things that we needed from all the different departments departments, and I would like to go back and go one department at a time and really focus on all of the offerings Mm -hmm. that Walmart has to offer. I mean in a lot of ways a Walmart Supercenter is essentially a Costco because all the sizes that we got for like snacks was abnormal. Oh yeah for sure but I just I don't know what like the technical difference is between Walmart and Costco. I know Costco does like tastings and they have more. The difference is that mostly everything at Costco is bulk size. Oh, but that's how I feel about Walmart. No, but this particular Walmart. Yeah, I guess Costco has like those wild sizes. Walmart is really similar to Target, but Target has Super Targets, remember? Yes. So I don't know if Super Targets carry bulk. We'll have to go to the a near Super Target and check it out. Yeah, I think I think it sounds like it would be fabulous. I just had the best time at Walmart today. I, know, like, I wanted there, to live there. There was still so much more stuff that we needed. And they have so much stuff for the home, like cookware, mm-hmm. furniture, 
and beauty beauty and there was just so much that we didn't even touch on yeah. like i want to check out the furniture i want to feel the sheets yeah oh totally you, you know can get some good shit there like they had legit like flatware for the yeah. kitchen like you could really furnish your whole kitchen like william sonoma who who the superstar could be read to also had a hair salon and a nail salon i know they were closed unfortunately the nail salon was open we'll have to go back 100 percent. like i'm telling you this walmart is gonna be like my vacation is at the Walmart. Yeah, it was really something special. People um, who go to Walmart every day are going to be like, what? But there's really no Walmarts near us. Yeah, and anytime we're somewhere where there is a Walmart, we are so appreciative and, like, recognizing that we have something special at our fingertips. It's and, such a privilege and to we, go. we go with, like, the biggest smiles on our faces. We're so happy to be there. And we really soak it all in. Yeah. So I feel as though we definitely take advantage of the situation, but it is such a bummer that New York does not have one. No, not even remotely close. And the one, I think there might be one... Um, like near the the small Target in Harlem, but they're just so small. It's not the same experience. No, it is not the same experience. So to really, like, can you get a tire there? No, no, no. You can't buy. Do you a, see you how many mulch? Do you see how many tires they had? No. Oh my god, there was a whole tire department. I was just like really getting lost in the snacks because I was walking down some of the snack aisles and I saw snacks I hadn't seen since I was a child. Like mm-hmm. little, what are they called? Little bites. Little bites. They had all the little Debbies. They had all the Entenmann's. It was really overwhelming. I got a blueberry pie that was like made, I'm sure, you know, by, like it's not brand name. It's, you know. A homemade brand. Like a homemade Walmart they pie. Put, they put it in like a brown box to make you think it's homemade. It's definitely made in a factory. Oh, for sure. But like a homey factory. Yeah, no, no. It has like a Like front a door. small business. Yeah. You know, yeah. not Entenmann's. And I really look forward to digging into that. I, of course, got my loft sugar cookies, which are my absolute favorite. I thought it was a Publix exclusive, but apparently the more I travel, I realize they pretty much sell it at every major grocery store. As they should. It's a staple. It's a staple. And for those who like, there's like a meme going around, like people who eat these cookies are disgusting. It's like the fact that people act like they're like sociopaths who think that like really worries me about the future of this country. I totally agree. But I did see some backlash on that meme. As there should be. And that reinstated my My faith. My faith. Yeah, 100%. So clearly we've had a very busy vacation. Hopefully next week on next week's episode we'll have more to catch up on. But we've only been on vacation for like a day and a half. And already there's just so much to talk about. So much. Most of it has to do with the Walmart. But also the vistas. The vistas are splendiferous, really. We have all of the campers with us. Mm -hmm. We've got McKay, Theo, Magnolia. And it is just, it's a full house truly and the campers are just running around and it's so beautiful to watch the children as a counselor myself to see the campers just like kind of growing into their own and just becoming so independent it it almost brings a tear to my eye for sure and as a camper myself like I feel so much jealousy because all the new campers are here they're so much cuter they are a little less mature so they require more attention yeah AC has really been acting up because she just wants her counselor's love and attention but you know what there comes a time in every camper's life where she has to grow up there comes a time and by the way that is beautiful Jackie (laughs) that's beautiful thank you so like ac is kind of going on this self-discovery journey mm-hmm. while she's on vacation and i think that's what summer break is meant to do and that's what camp is meant to do yeah 100 percent. um my episode on bachelor happy hour came out today and i actually listened to it i never really listened to podcasts that i'm on but i actually had so much fun doing it and it was so funny um i actually listened to it when i like woke up this morning and was doing my thing and it's a fabulous episode and you should check it out you should check it out yeah Cool. Well, I think we should just get into the things that we need to get into. We also got a McDonald's ice cream cone today, which was like a big staple of our day. We did. And I got a big McDonald's guzzler iced coffee. And I got a big McDonald's soda and we're both drinking them right now. So we are well caffeinated and ready to deliver the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. 
And yes, you didn't necessarily say anything factually incorrect, but as a fact checker of this show, I do think I need to just interject, if I may. And as a fact checker of this show, we're doomed. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Um, Have you seen that Instagram, like, now has, like, a fact checking thing on there? Yes. It's kind of annoying, but, like... It's like, how fucking wrong do you have to be for that thing to pop up? Oh, it popped up on our Instagram. I know. When I posted that Ghislaine BBC thing because it was fake. Right. And I'm so glad that it popped up. Like, that is actually important information to know that it's fake. Um, But what I was going to say is that today's episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. You probably know Liquid IV already for their popular hydration drink mix. And they've just launched their newest line, the Energy Multiplier. With roughly 100 milligrams of clean caffeine, it's the perfect coffee replacement and an all-natural alternative to processed energy drinks for a sustained energy boost throughout the day. So obviously I love liquid IV because I hate drinking water and also I love drinking alcohol. So it's really great for hydration after you're hungover. And now with the energy multiplier, I don't drink coffee. So it's actually a perfect thing for me because as much as I do um, like have lots of energy, I'm also very tired all the time and I would like to start drinking coffee, but I just can't get hip to it like I'm thinking I'm too old to start like the taste so energy multiplier from liquid IV is a fabulous replacement if you're looking to stop drinking coffee or you are just looking for an extra boost half of Americans actually report that they struggle with daily fatigue some signs include decreased focus lack of motivation poor mood and unhappiness with the liquid IV energy multiplier you can upgrade your vibe and reach your constant state of awesome their premium matcha and green energy blend tastes delicious and it provides a long-lasting energy boost throughout the day. Liquid IV's cellular transport technology delivers an optional ratio of nutrients for more efficient uptake. It's extremely convenient in their packaging and all their ingredients are non-GMO, vegan, and free of gluten, dairy, and soy. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code TOAST at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order but only when you use the promo code TOAST at liquidiv.com. Start fueling your adventures today at liquidiv.com, promo code TOAST. Love it. Sign on, get hydrated. Okay, first story of the week, the biggest, most exciting news that I don't know if we can ever stop talking about. That I ever heard in my entire existence. Morgan Stewart and her fiance, Jordan McGraw, are pregnant and are expecting a girl. They revealed that they're pregnant yesterday on Instagram in a sweet Instagram video and also revealed the gender of their bebe. I mean, this is the type of news where you're feeling so many ways because I'm genuinely surprised. Like, I just didn't see this coming. Mm-hmm. And so happy. So it's just like a mixture of emotions. It really is. And I feel as though a lot of celebrity pregnancy announcements, they announce the pregnancy, then they do another mm-hmm. with the gender. And I really loved that gender and pregnancy were both announced together. Yes. I, too, felt surprised because we, the public, learned about their relationship in March. Late. They started dating in January. So it is been a short relationship but they also did just get engaged Mm -hmm. but when you know you know 100% and as fans of Morgan Stewart like we know it's not fans like it's we're fucking obsessed I know I was just like trying to play it cool when we were all we were all together in this house and when we heard it like people were literally screaming from the upstairs (laughs) Morgan's pregnant (laughs) like so insane but I'm just so happy for her I feel like she's just in this like moment in her life in her career where it's just like all coming together for her and I think that this is so beautiful and I also think it's so interesting how like this is like the maybe like the third pregnancy announcement that's kind of shocked me in the sense it's like young Hollywood, like Stassi, um, Vanessa Morgan. Like it's just everyone's having babies. Yeah, everyone's having babies. I think now that we're month six of quarantine or something, yeah. you know, it gave everyone a lot of time to 
get pregnant, also have the time to wait to announce their pregnancy. And so now everything's just coming up pregnant. I'm so happy she's having a girl because, of course, it's a blessing no matter what. But, like, Morgan Stewart needs a daughter. I know. When you saw the video and you saw her face and then she posted on her Instagram after that she totally thought it was going to be a boy. And you can just see, like, the shock and joy in her face. Thank God. Thank God. It's it's so exciting. Of course, we saw the pictures with Dr. Phil, who was in the room. So that's another, you know, whole element I think we should dive into because he was there with his wife, Robin, and Morgan's parents. And you just, you'd love to see Dr. Phil become Grandpa Phil. Yeah, I think he's already a grandpa, and I'm sure he's an amazing one at mm-hmm. that. And so it's just, it's so beautiful. It really is nice to see someone, anyone, whether you're a fan of them or not, just like going through a very exciting time in their life and just like knowing it's all happening for this person. Yeah, that's true. Like, you really can appreciate it and be happy. And it helps that Morgan is, like, in person, like, such a nice girl. So funny, so nice to everyone. Like, she's, she she does, and especially in Rich Kids, she does give off this, like, energy. It's, like, mean girl, but she's not like that at all. She's so nice and so funny and so welcoming. So all these good things, like, really couldn't be happening for a better person. And I'm just so happy for her. Yeah, truly so happy for her. I just... I really was so shocked. That's the thing. It's like the element of surprise is what really took me when when hearing about this story. But that's like the hallmark of a great pregnancy announcement. Yep. You know, it's sometimes someone's pregnant and there's a lot of rumors going around for a while and then they announce and they, the fun was taken out of it. Yeah. And so this, she just swept everyone off their feet. Totally. I mean, it's V rare that you can announce a pregnancy that like the toasters didn't see coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel that way with Stassi too. She totally blindsided us yeah and same with morgan and i just as a fan i'm just so excited so so excited we are so excited for the for the happy family and morgan is like such eclectic style like i just can't wait for the nursery like all that stuff she's gonna do it all really well in the that pregnancy nice looks 10 million dollar dr phil purchased house i mean it's a good life it's a good life okay next story some good news after some Scary news, but Simon Cowell is walking again after having back surgery. This is such a crazy story. Such a crazy story. Simon Cowell is recovering after his scary accident. Just days after breaking his back in a number of places, the 60-year-old America's Got Talent judge is walking again as part of his recuperation. Amid his ongoing hospitalization, Simon is also beginning to work on his iPad, but is otherwise taking it easy and (laughs) is not currently allowed any visitors due to the COVID-19 restrictions Mm. in the hospital. So... He had an accident a few days ago. Where on, he, like, an electric bike. Yeah. He broke his back in a number of places, like, was nearly paralyzed. So those bikes are, like, popular in Europe, but as far as I know, they've actually been banned in the UK, which is where he was riding. I guess so. That makes sense. Well, I mean, breaking your back is, like, people break their legs. Like, breaking your back, I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah. It's, it's really serious and severe of an injury, and I think that he's very fortunate Lucky. to... Yeah. Um, be recovering right now when they reported it it was like under when i read it it's like he's going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of his life but if he's walking that's a very very good sign it is a very good sign so that is some good news following some scary news and some more good news that's coming out of it actually is that kelly clarkson is going to be filling in for him on america's got talent which is exciting because it's kelly clarkson and she can do everything but it's also so poetic full circle simon was a judge when she was the contestant and now the contestant becomes the judge the student becomes the teacher the camper becomes the counselor that's just maybe similar, similarly poetic as when a Shark Tank pitcher, it's only happened once, the guy from Ring. And he didn't even get the deal on Shark Tank. No, but he did become a shark for like a guest shark, which is very cool. Right. But this is, this is unlike that because Kelly won American Idol. Yes. So, it, so it goes to show that like 
the cream always rises. Yes. You know? It would be like if Justin Guarini were filling in. Then it would be a, fi- a similar to the Shark Tank example. Yeah, it would be. And you know what? That would be fabulous. I think or, maybe one of my favorite facts of the world is the fact that Justin Guarini is the guy from the Dr. Pepper commercials. It's the sweet one. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other American Idol contestants who are so famous now, but didn't win and, and didn't even come in second place. Catherine McPhee. That's who I was thinking. Jennifer Hudson. That's also who I was thinking Daughtry. about. Daughtry. Catherine. I fucking love Daughtry. I know like, you do. With a passion. Where's that new Daughtry album? Like, when is it dropping? No, I don't know. The fans are waiting. The fans are not well. They're waiting with bated breath. We honestly, we really are. I've got to catch up on my Daughtry. You, you- <laughs> You've got to check the fan, like, lead your boards, <laughs> see what everyone's up we to. We need a Daughtry Facebook group. Totally. Well, it's like the Daughtry Toasters. Something. <laughs> I, I, but I, you know what's so funny is that Chris Daughtry, if you say, by the way, if you say the word Daughtry enough times, it starts <laughs> to sound weird. It's like how you say garage so many times yeah. and it doesn't sound like a word anymore. Road. Right. But Daughtry the, is a band. Yes. But Chris Daughtry is, like, the lead singer. But it's just weird that, like, you would name the band after, like, the lead singer. You mean, like, Zach Brown Band, Dave Matthews Band. Yeah, I think it's weird. Et cetera. <laughs> yeah. But then I also think it's weird when it's, like, your band name is Rascal Flats and no one in the band is named Rascal. Right. So, it's so misleading. So I think you just don't like bands. Not true. I love bands. Love Okay, so name bands. a band that you think is appropriately titled. Maroon 5 is a good name. Okay. Because it's, like, an abstract thing. When you include names, it just it just makes it confusing. Okay. And, like, justice for the other members of Zach Brown Band who work so hard on that fiddle. They do work hard on that fiddle, but they get that level of anonymity, you know, and Zach is going to the grocery store getting mauled. I don't think that that's happening, <laughs> but it's possible. He's getting mauled by Margot Ashray <laughs> at the totally. grocery store. Totally. Um, no, I was thinking about Catherine McPhee, though, because what slipped out on Real Housewives of New York... Oh, Kristen McPhee? When, um... McPhee, McPhee. Yeah, when Luann was wearing the bangs at, at that charity event, and Ramona showed up and was like, oh my God, you look like the, the actress no. who married the older man. The, she was like, you look like that beautiful actress who married the older gentleman. Yes. And they were like, McPhee, McPhee. Yeah. And Catherine McPhee put that on her Instagram. She was like, it's me, Kristen McPhee. It was so funny. Like, yeah. how does Ramona Singer even know who Catherine McPhee is? Only because she married an older gentleman. I'm sure it was a, it was a loss for the Ramonas. Oh, of course. No, David Foster was like one of the men. There are a few men that like those older women of New York, Ramona, like, would die for because they're, like, rich and successful. And that's, like, Ramona said, if you make $500,000 a year, that's not enough for you. She said that on Watch Robins Live. And I'm sure that was a huge loss for the community when um, David Foster got married. Totally. By the way, if you can hear the yes. snoring, it is T-H-E-O. He had such a long, beautiful day, and now he's lapped up <clears throat> just living his best life. For all my dog moms, you'll appreciate this enormous milestone. We went for a huge hike today. Obviously, Theo came. But he was off leash, which we've never really done before, but we're totally, like, surrounded by nothing, and he can't really get lost, but it's still kind of scary. And he was amazing. He listened to all the calls, like, when he called him back, but he stayed with the group. It was, like, a re- I was v- a very proud mom today. Yeah, it was really exciting. We were, like, a pack, and he was kind of like the hunting dog, like, in the crown, when yep. the dogs go out and they sniff, you know. Looking for a uh, game. Looking for some game. He was out there looking for game. He's always looking for game, by the way. Always. Okay, next story. Cardi B is defending putting Kylie Jenner in her WAP music video. So we reported last week that um, Kylie was going to be in the music video for Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion's new mm-hmm. song. The uh, music video debuted, and um, 
Some fans were less than thrilled that Kylie Jenner appears in the video where she walks down a hallway donning a sexy leopard print ensemble. One disgruntled viewer tweeted out a screenshot of Normani twerking in the video and wrote, quote, Normani did all this and Kylie walked down the hall and opened a door. If that's not a perfect visual indication of black women having to do the most and white women do the bare minimum to get somewhere, I don't know what is. But quickly, Cardi B shot down the jab and defended Kylie's inclusion in the video. She said, quote, Normani is one of the best female artists artist that dances like she dances her fucking ass off why Mm -hmm. would she open a door please tell me how that would make sense the best part of the song is the beat and hook it makes you want to shake your ass she wrote in a since deleted tweet she also added that not everything is about race quote there's issues out here in the world that is about race race that i preach all the time about this is not about fucking race she said why did i put kylie on my music video she treated my sister and daughter so lovely at her kid's birthday party she also added that kylie's ex travis scott is close friends with cardi husband offset and that um kylie's mom chris jenner has quote been giving me advice on certain things that i ask for she also added that chris's boyfriend Corey gamble is also close with offset okay but in her tweet about that she referred to chris's husband as Corey. she doesn't know she's like and chris's husband is nice to my husband oh that's so cute yeah by the way like there's so many things going on here the first part is like i do see how someone could you know think of this as a metaphor on race i do agree with Cardi and like for Normani who's so extremely talented to walk down a hallway like that would be disrespectful to her enormous talents yeah so I actually think Cardi handled this like as well as she could because there there was like a petition 60,000 people signing get get Kylie out of the music video and I thought she looked great I thought I mean Normani looked sickening and her dancing was as expected, unbelievable, and Kylie looked beautiful, which is what she does. Yeah, she said, Normani danced, that's her talent. Kylie strutted like a model, that's That's, her talent. Yeah, I actually really appreciate Cardi um, defending Kylie, because, like, when everyone's back, like, you know, has their pitchforks and their starting petitions, it's so easy to, like, go with the flow and, like, not stand up for, like, another person, because people could just be so vicious. It's sometimes just easier to go with it. And I feel like not doing that was probably the harder route to take, and she probably got a lot of shit for it, but I actually really appreciate it. And I hope Kylie does, too. Yeah, I, I'm sure that she does, too. I'm sure, I feel like every time the Kardashians are involved in something, it's like, you remember that so many people hate them. Yeah. You know, but we just live in a world where, like, everybody loves them. Yeah. And I only We only surround ourselves with people who adore the Kardashians because I I personally can't handle like that type of toxicity. Yeah, we just watched the music video and I thought Kylie's inclusion was so exciting. I yeah. thought everybody who was included was so exciting. Normani looked so fucking amazing. That outfit. That outfit was so cute. Rosalia was in it. Ruby Rose uh, was in it. Suki Hana, Mulatto. And Cardi B basically said that like she just loves these girls. Like anyone who was in the video, she was like, from models to influencers, these are the girls that I personally like. I like their music and I really feel like they're going to go mainstream. So once again, like women supporting other women. I don't see how people could have a problem with that. No, I don't see how people could have a problem with that. What they might have a problem <laughs> yeah. with. No, them. what a lot of people do have a problem with is the actual song. Is the actual song. I listened to it on Friday or no, whenever I listened to New Music Friday, I, I but it was probably after the sh- we did an episode Friday mm-hmm. or else I would have mentioned it and I was literally in shock. Well, so I only I didn't listen to it. I only watched a music video, which I've now learned has been heavily censored lyrics wise because of YouTube's platform restrictions. Um, and I definitely thought that it was like out there, but I didn't even realize I was listening to a censored version. I'm like, wet and gushy. Oh, that's like a cute word to use, I guess. It turns out that it's actually the clean version for wet ass pussy. Sorry. Yeah. Um, which is different, yeah. A lot. I mean, there's just, like, a lot of conversation being had. It's like, is this inappropriate, blah, blah, blah. And while I don't think that this song 
necessarily speaks to me. Um, I just hate when people like tear down other things. Like you don't like the song. Like it's not hurting anyone. Just like turn it off, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. And that's exactly what I did the first time I heard it. I was I was just like listening to my release radar and this yeah. and wet ass pussy came on and, I, and it just <laughs> felt like just so inappropriate to me. Um, but a lot of people find it empowering. And for this to be that for them, I think that's fabulous. And I'm not going to like tear down another song just because it's not what I would like listen to. So I just, I, I feel like a lot of people are coming out like with their opinions on it. And it's like, if you just don't like it, like don't fucking listen to it. That's like my. Yeah, that's, that's how I feel. I mean, that's, that's my that's, philosophy for like for the life. world. I totally agree. But listening to it, like I felt like I was listening to Bon Appetit by Katy Perry where I, where the lyrics, I'm just like. Wait, what did you just say? Yeah, by the way, it does give me major Bon Appetit. Bon Appetit was a little bit more subtle in its metaphors. I'm actually going to read some of the lyrics um, because they are, you know, a lot. Descriptive. Descriptive. Perfect word. So please share. Yes, I would love to. <clears throat> There's, I'm going to say as, I'm just going to go, okay? Just say the words. <sighs> yeah, you fucking, <laughs> yeah, you fucking with some wet ass pussy. Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet-ass pussy. Give me everything you got for this wet-ass pussy. Beat it up, catch a charge, extra large and extra hard. Put this pussy in your face, (laughs) swipe your nose like a credit card. Hop on top, I want to ride. I do a Kegel while it's inside. Spit in my mouth, look in my eyes, this pussy is wet, come take a dive. Tie me up like I'm surprised. Let's role play. I'll wear a disguise. I want you to park that Big Mac truck right in this little garage. Make it cream. Make me scream. Out in public, make a scene. I don't cook. I don't clean. But let me tell you how I got this ring. So, again, obviously very descriptive. A lot of people think it's inappropriate. A lot of people think it's inspiring and great, you know, sexual education for women. It's great for women to be, you know, outspoken about their pleasure when it comes to sex. And I... I see both sides as always, and I'm just standing firmly in the middle. It's like, if you don't like the song, like, don't listen to it. Like, I don't think you need to go, like, on your podcast and be like, children are gonna hear this. Like, you're fine. Like, I'm not, it's not my favorite song, um, but I don't necessarily, like, have a problem with it, and I'm not gonna, like, bash two women who obviously are very popular and they know what they're doing. Yeah, and they're starting conversations. There's, and you know what? I love when art does that. People forget music is art. Like, it's supposed to spark No, I feel like every once in a while a song comes around that's like, it's so either out there or the music video is and it, and it, everyone is like so like clutching their pearls about Mm -hmm. it and then you look back on it a few years later and you're like, wait, that's the song that everyone was so up in arms about? Like, this is what we have now. Well, that's how I feel about Miley Cyrus like getting crucified for being on the cover of Vanity Fair, just like showing her back. Yeah. She was like covered in a bed sheet and it was the biggest scandal of our generation. Like people, like the National Association of Moms for TV were like, uh, they were marching to Congress. Like it was so crazy. And now you look back, it's like a very modest picture. Yes. So I actually feel like in a few years we're going to look back on this song and be like, oh. And you know what? I think that's called progress. Except I still look back on Bon Appetit and I'm like, I can't listen to this. But you know what? This is going to be mean, but it, it really does make a difference, like, who's singing it. And some, like, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion are both very outspoken and they're very sexual and they wear and sing. You know, it's this is on brand for them. I'm not really shocked by any of this. Katy Perry, like, was singing about Teenage Dream and gumdrops and lollipops, and then she's on a feast, Bon Appetit, Bebe. Like, that was just actually bad branding and overall confusing. This is not confusing to me. This seems to be very on brand, and 
like Cardi's been very vocal about her time as a stripper. Like this is actually not surprising to me at all, and it's very on brand. I do agree with that. I think I think you make a good point. That's I think a lot difference. of the Katy Perry fans were like, "Wait, what?" Right, and the Katy Perry fans who were like wearing their wigs and their cupcake dresses were just like, "Oh, this is different." But the Megan The Stallion and the Cardi B fans were like, "This is not that different." But I also feel like only you and I were so shook by that song. Bon Appetit? No, yeah. people, there was outrage. There was outrage? 100%. Okay, cool, cool. And the music video, too, was exactly what... But I think most of the outrage was because it was so unlike her. And it was just her, like, she really fell into a place where she couldn't find her stride musically. Yeah, she couldn't find her. She was lost. And she thought that this is what she needed to do. And it just, it felt so wrong. Yeah, I hear that. Okay, well, next story is some exciting love news. Okay. The Bachelor's Vanessa Grimaldi is engaged to Joshua Wolf. Interesting. It looks like Vanessa Grimaldi's journey to find love has come to an end. The Bachelor alum is engaged to Joshua Wolf. She announced the news on Instagram on Monday. She said, August 9th, 2020 will forever be my favorite day of my life. She wrote alongside a few proposal pics. JBR Wolf, you are my everything, and I cannot wait to be forever and ever with you. Hashtag engaged. He popped the question at the Fairmont Le Chateau Frontenac in Quebec. That sounds like a place I would love to be right now. Fabulous in French. Mm-hmm. I mean, Vanessa Grimaldi's a weird one for me because she might be like the lead, like she's not a lead, but she won. She might be one of the Bachelor castmates who like made it as far as she did, who I keep up with less. Like yeah. I, I know nothing about her. I agree with you. I didn't even realize she was in such a serious relationship. I'm always excited when people fall in love and her love story is coming to an end. So I'm well, here or, for it. Or a beginning. But yeah, she kind of, for someone who won their season, and, and you can really become a big ass star yeah. from winning your season, she's kind of irrelevant. One of my favorite things to do is actually check her Instagram followers <laughs> because she, when she won and like it was at the height of their um like life as an engaged couple she was like at a million she almost hit a million followers and i check every few months just like wonder she's at 708 k so i just find that it's one of my my favorite activities but then i also am like always applaud someone who you know steps out steps out of the limelight when when it's not best for their lifestyle you know and and it seems as though she is engaged to an, a normal guy. Yeah, I actually, I think that's admirable as well. So, I love someone who chooses love. I couldn't agree more over all the fame. And I'm really but it's, happy always, for it's always nice when someone's able to choose love and fame comes with that as well. I mean, good. It's Lauren literally Lane. the best. Lauren Lane. And you know, totally. Like, you know? there's truly nothing better like than having to give something up. Nothing. Morgan Stewart. Morgan Stewart. Yes. Right. So... Very exciting. Fifth and final story, a little royal news. Ooh, 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 I love a little royal news. Um, Princess Eugenie, actually. Well, sorry. This headline, Eugenie, I thought. It is. And this headline just threw me off because it's okay. like clickbaity and I don't want to read it the way it was written. Yeah, You yeah. know, because it's like, Somet- how did Princess oh, Eugenie? Oh, God. <laughs> Sometimes, like, the, the magazine articles, are their headlines are so worded, like, not in English. Okay, I'll, I'll explain this. Yeah. Because I was ready to be like, this is how Princess Eugenie reacted. But read theirs. How Princess Eugenie reacted to Meghan Markle and Prince Harry sharing baby news at her wedding. Just tell us that she reacted poorly, oh, obviously. Oh, did they share their baby news at her wedding? Yes. So there is a new tell-all book that has been released called Finding Freedom, Harry and Meghan and the Making of a Modern Royal Family. And in the book, it says that Meghan and Harry shared the news that they were expecting with family and friends at his cousin's royal wedding on 
in October 2018. And the, by the way, Eugenie's not the one who just got married. That was Beatrice. No. She got married like a year she, ago. She, Beatrice had a COVID wedding a few weeks ago. Right. Eugenie got married October 2018. Okay. And then the pregnancy was officially announced three days later, but I guess oh. they used the wedding to tell all their family and friends that they didn't want to have to text and stuff, which is actually a pretty shrewd move. Yeah, but it, I would be pissed too. This is like when people get engaged at the end of someone else's wedding. That's so weird. And I've been seeing videos like that on TikTok and the bride is like helping. I'm like, I would never be that nice. Yeah, no, or like you go on a trip for someone's wedding like a destination wedding and and that couple uses the opportunity to get engaged no it's like get some more frequent flyer miles and do it on your own time a hundred percent i don't know anyone who's done that but it came up once when i was watching um wags i think oh someone did that someone either did that or was going to do that or i thought they were going to do it and i was like "Uh uh-uh please don't to me it's the weirdest thing ever yeah it's pretty weird because if you're like so compelled to do it in a destination, like, you go to a lot of destinations then. So yeah. go to a different one. So what was, you know, like, you propose to, <laughs> so, you propose to someone in a place that's, like, meaningful. So yeah, if you yeah, feel yeah. the need to propose while you're traveling. It's so tacky. You must be a big traveler. <laughs> and therefore. But you have memories at every port. Therefore, you should travel elsewhere. Totally. To propose. So what was Eugenie's reaction, it according did, to the book? Quote, it did not go down particularly well with Eugenie, who a source said told friends she felt like the couple should have waited to share the news according to the authors of this book okay um now that i know how you feel about someone sharing news like this at their wedding this book that's coming out like is getting a lot of credibility you know as being the source of how megan and harry found freedom and like do you take and now that you've watched the crown like where do you stand on books like this i don't know because you know what at the end of the day and i just finished the crown and i want to talk about that in tv recap um at the end of the day what i've taken away from the crown is that so much of like the media stuff, it's not ever that it's untrue. It's just like they get they get a heads up from like the Daily Mail that they're writing an article. And it's not ever that like the queen is worried that the story is untrue. It's true. They just have to worry about how to then strategize and position themselves. So it's like it almost makes me want to believe everything. Yeah, but then I feel like the crown doesn't show you like all the rumors that were in the sun yeah. and Daily Mail that are untrue that they have to deal with. But then you know what else it makes me think? It's that, like, they are surrounded by so many people at all times between, like, lady-in-waiting, butlers when they're driving, servants, pilots. Like, there's so many people around them, and they're, like, having intimate conversations. And I'm like, all this stuff is going to get out. Yeah. They're not even discreet about it. And even when they're in their own private quarters, there's a butler, a lady-in-waiting. Like, me, I don't know if that's how it is in real life, but it seems like they talk very freely about, like, private things. In front of a lot of people. Well, I'm sure, one, there are NDAs. And two, if someone's choosing to dedicate their life to be in service to the royal family, like, I don't think that that person, unless they become disgruntled at some point, is going to be the snitch. You know, yeah. like, someone who is a private secretary, like, has a lot of deference towards the royal family. And private secretary, I'm not, I'm not think, talking about, like, Martin. Like, the private secretaries, totally, like, their number one priority is, like, the crown, protecting the crown. But it's, like, some of these, like, chefs or some of the butlers like do they really care they're just like going to their job and going home so they can make ends meet yeah no i feel that and the drivers like there's so many people at the end of the day it's like daily mail's offering them fifteen thousand dollars to like tell them what they heard in the car like i don't know sure Sure. easy money okay so here's the tea on the authors of the book it's authored by two people omid scoby who's a london-based writer a royal editor for harper's bazaar and an abc news contributor doesn't sound that, that close to the crown she also hosts um ABC's popular royal podcast. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is about the author on Amazon, <laughs> the AirPod. Oh my god, that's actually an amazing, fabulous. H e air h e i r. 
Wow. Okay, I was about to slam this pod. Those, by the way, those credentials, though, are really not, in my opinion, credible enough to be, like, the number one source for Harry and Meghan book. I agree. If, like, Harry and Meghan didn't participate in it and it's not commissioned by a royal biographer, I tend to just ignore it. But this book is getting a lot of play. And I'm also tempted to read it, but I wonder what... I, I'm sure the lens it's told through is, like, positive towards Meghan and Harry because they're finding freedom, which is a... Positive. positive connotation yeah i mean and that's i think that's like one of the great mysteries it's like what will we ever know like so many people think like megan was this like devious little woman who came to the crown and stole the prince and then some people like genuinely feel bad for her like it's a tough life and she like fell in love with this person and the life was too much and she got her freedom like some people feel both ways so this book obviously tells one story i'm sure there's another book that tells another i think that's one of the things we'll truly never know i don't know i think eventually history will be written and I think the royal family writes the history, yeah. you know, so it might all come out. But I still feel like things are ambiguous about Diana, and that's been almost 30 years. Totally, and that's why there's so many documentaries on it. So maybe we don't find out, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, anyways, the other author is a producer and writer who spent nearly two decades working in London covering Buckingham Palace, Kensington Palace, Clen- Clarence House, and other major international events. Again, that's really not that, yeah. like, you're not close, to that, that's Melanie Bromley. During that, yeah, that's Melanie Bromley. <laughs> During that time, she produced multiple interviews with members of the royal family, including Prince Harry, still Melanie Bromley. Yep. And she contributes to O, the Oprah Magazine, Elle Magazine, and other American and British news outlets. You know what? Like, I'm really actually glad that we read this because this sounds like a crock of shit. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. But it's getting... I've been reading about it everywhere. Right. And then the other author, author, the first author, um, has become an authoritative voice on the lives and philanthropic endeavors of the royal family's younger members and maintains strong access, Who, George? access to the Sussex's working world. Vague, that's vague, 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 but vague. That, But see, that's more impressive to me than, not impressive, but to me that makes me think that they might know more than the average person. Reporters, they have computers just like us. Yeah. Like, Yeah, these two things make me think that they're clearly well-versed in the history of the royal family and, and they're up on the family. On the drama. But do they have exclusive access, unprecedented access? I don't know. I don't know either, but well, that remains to be seen. Remains to be seen. Are Meghan and Harry involved in this book at all? Not that I am aware of. Okay, we'll see. I mean, I might read it, but um, this is a good transition into our TV recap segment. Because we're going to do Real Housewives of Potomac and all that stuff. But I want to talk quickly about some of the stuff I watched this weekend. Which was I did eventually finish The Crown. Yay. I, I had two more episodes. I was like really devastated to be done with it. Because I know it's going to be a while with COVID and everything till we get another season. And I'm really sad about that. But I'm also so curious. It's we, we, we left off at an interesting moment because it's like Charles and his marrying a girl like where are we gonna go and we all know that it was very tumultuous between camilla and then princess diana and then they get divorced she dies like all that stuff and that's that's a good place to have left off because i think that the season will be very interesting when it pertains to charles because his love life was so interesting but my god charles is fucking annoying like yeah. and he's just he thinks he's so great and special and like different from his family and like looks down on his family i'm an independent thinker like just be the king and shut the fuck up like he was annoying me so much and you're right, watching it really does make you think, I don't even know if it's possible, it does make you think that they're going to skip over him. Like, nobody has faith in him. Not even yeah. his mom. Even from a young age, you know? With the school, like, he was just like, never... Literally from when he was two. There, He was never, like, doing well. Yeah, he was never... Like, I think that he's a good person. He has a good 
heart. He cares about things. He's interested in things. But those things don't necessarily make for a strong monarch, at least not on their own. There takes a lot. It's a lot of that and also restraint, you know? There's so much. I mean... There's so much. Um, and it's like, you know, no one expected Queen Elizabeth to be queen for so fucking long. It's like, Charles is old. Yeah. And it really would be perfect to have, like, William go next because as far as I know, like, as just a fan, like, William really is, like, the guy for the job. It seems as though his personality, from what we can gather from books like these, from Finding these Freedom, farces. that he is a monarch through right. and through. And I think, like, back-to-back Elizabeth and William would just be stellar for the country. Stellar. So I really enjoyed it. I also watched She's the Man on Friday night. You just really inspired me. And I was just lit up from inside. Like lit from within. Not a wasted moment. Not a wasted moment. Not a wasted joke. I couldn't believe how many things like we say in everyday life. Uh Or like inflections in our voice that we 100% picked Uh up from Amanda Bynes. I mean, and we spoke about this a little bit. It's a hard content upper. Like if you or down or you need someone to watch you're like feeling lonely it's the perfect movie to watch it's on hbo max it's short it's to the point there's amazing music move along like at the end when they're like i fucking love that song come on baby we ain't gonna live forever like really an iconic early 2000s soundtrack obviously like part like towards the end when you're like on this like elated mood um you come down quickly just like knowing amanda Bynes and like how hollywood like just didn't take care of her Mm -hmm. and it's upsetting but you can forget it for like that one hour and a half and channing tatum is so fabulous and tobias fumke as the president i mean the principal such a good movie such a good recommendation and really like made my weekend wow i'd love to hear that i watched another movie that is on our content upper shortlist that again just like oozed goodness what was it the other woman oh my god watched it sensational s- surround phone down and i've seen it so many times and when you've seen a movie so many times you can wa- you can look at different things in the movie mm-hmm. and like it holds up mm. every single time so happy to hear that every single time you guys if you need another content upper the other woman and then i just wanted to give an update for the second time i tried to finish the kissing booth and i was unsuccessful um <laughs> It got, like, kind of better, and then I watched their, like, Dance Dance Revolution mega tournament to win $50,000. It was so fucking stupid, I couldn't, and it's just, it totally lost the magic. I can't even go into it because I'm so hard on it, and it's just, it's not good, and I just, I want to let, to let everyone know I still haven't finished it. Okay, thank you for the update. What I watched is I finished season three of Dynasty. I had paused oh. it for a little because I was watching week to week, and it was just too stupid, honestly. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I'll just binge it when it's all on Netflix, which I did, and I, it's the way to watch it, because there were some stupid plot lines, but, like, there were so many moments of just, like, pure, like, Fallon, Liam, Blake, Crystal goodness. Fabulosity. Yeah, and I was just like, this show is so funny and good, and even though there are some really fucking dumbass yeah. storylines, um, and you know a storyline is really fucking dumb? When a show or a movie has to make up a country name. Oh, my God. Unless Moldavia is a real place. <laughs> Uh, let me check. I don't think so. But you know what? The only successful um, franchise to ever make up a country is Genovia. Of course. M- Jackie, Moldova Moldova is a place. It's Moldavia where they were. Moldavia, hold on, on Wikipedia, is a historical region. The Moldavian country in an old Romanian Cyrillic alphabet. What? I have no idea, but it's a place. Okay, I'm pretty sure that they made up a country. It was initially independent and later autonomous state. It existed from the 14th century to 1859. Doesn't exist anymore. Okay, so they made up a country so that they it, the storyline was absurd, 
But, I mean, um, the favorite, my favorite people were there. It is now Romania. The western half of Moldavia is now Romania, and the eastern side belongs to the Republic of Moldova. Okay, well, in the show, they were dealing with the king of Moldavia, making it a country. Wait, that sounds so stupid. No, it was so stupid. They were trapped in a dungeon. It was so <laughs> fucking dumb. Like, it was insane. But the season actually turned out really nicely. I... This was season three in our third version of Crystal. And I really hope season four brings a different Crystal. Oh, really? Crystal 3.0 is my least favorite Crystal. Are we still on the Crystal with a really long black hair? She, I don't know if Crystal 1.0 or 2.0 was my favorite Crystal. But really, Crystal 2.0 grew on me so much. And when it's a new character, like, you already dislike them. So Mm -hmm. I grew to the point of loving her. So I actually think I liked her more than Crystal 1.0. I liked Crystal 1.0. I know. I love them both. Crystal 3.0, I really do not like. I haven't, I stopped watching the show. Um, and so I don't know who 3.0 is. Um, you wouldn't know her. She just, she's the same person as, like, at least 2.0 was, like, 1.0 died. 2.0 was a new person. Right. 3.0 is playing the same person that 2.0 right. played. And she's That's just confusing. not doing her justice whatsoever. I'm sorry that that happened to you. So I really hope we get a 4.0 next <laughs> season. Also, um, Elaine Hendricks, who is the stepmom from, from Parent Trap, Trap, is now Alexis Alexis Carrington and she nails it like love that they should have cast her to begin with she's fucking fabulous she's a fabulous actress and the show is actually really good so I know a lot of people watch Dynasty I'm sure you're all caught up but um I would even if it gets a little weird at certain storylines like um the streaming service at the soccer game if you ever watch it just Claudia that sounds horrible it's one of the dumbest storylines ever and my least favorite thing is like okay so in one episode Fallon has launched a media company like her seventh venture oh my god okay and her media company is starting a streaming service fallon unlimited streaming service whatever and blake is also starting a competing streaming service oh just my to god with wait so they both have like competing launches like it's a streaming in the middle of a soccer game <laughs> oh my god and, like it's fireworks but it literally goes up in flames and it was like such a big deal this the streaming service the streaming service how could blake launch a streaming service when i'm launching a streaming it's service so dumb you can after this, spend disbelief after so much. that episode, the word streaming service is never uttered again. Like, it, like it wasn't like it's so unimportant. Like it's like it oh was my, that's so, so dumb. It was so annoying. So that was when I had to take a break. But now I'm caught up. So good. I am also watching the newest season of Queen of the South. I think I have one or two more episodes left. It's such a good show, and I'm just loving it. So if you are looking for like a good drama, Queen of the South. It's on Netflix. Also, we're gonna recap Real Housewives of Potomac. We did New York and Beverly Hills last week on the toast, but. For our weekly episodes moving forward, you'll have all the Housewives recaps, but this week's just Potomac. It was a great episode. It It was. It was all really centered around Ashley's, like, coming out dinner. She said she's dealing with some sort of postpartum. She doesn't really leave the house. Um, But actually, I I find her um, this season to be a lot more relatable in a lot of ways. She's, like, not trying so hard to be, like, everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's really focused on her kid, and I feel like it really humanizes her. And I actually am starting to like her. And honestly, whoever is friends with Monique, like, I feel is like a she's a good judge of character 100 percent. and even though this episode was like nothing crazy what made it so good is we had a moment that we've been waiting five seasons for uh, four seasons which is Giselle and Monique coming together and yes. realizing like why are we always beefing so hard when we should just be having a good time I agree and like they're my favorites and I'm happy about it but something from Giselle's side seems so phony like she doesn't really care about Ashley like I just don't believe that and her like going so above and beyond for this party when it was like Monique's idea Monique got the gift basket together I'm sure Monique made the reservation like Giselle just like really piggybacking like we planned this and we wanted to say and we 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 like 
it was just a little phony for me because, and I think she's like seeing it from the audience of the viewer, like Karen's friends with Ashley, Monique's friends with Ashley, like you just got to get on board. Yeah. And, and, and she didn't want to be alienated with Candace for the girls who are not friends with Ashley. Ashley. Yeah. I, I hear that. Even though it's so weird that Ashley is like the cornerstone when she's, hasn't shown up to anything yet. Yeah. She, like, obviously all this stuff last season with her husband, like, it's still pretty weird. And there's, to, it develops this season. To think about. Like, it's not over. No. And I don't know. Maybe they just felt bad that she really, like, had a rough time last season. Now she's a new mom. And maybe they're just, like, beating decent people. Very possible. Um, the dinner actually looked fabulous. Like, I really wanted to be at that restaurant. We got more Wendy. I actually really like her. She made a hilarious comment, um, like, under her breath. She didn't say much at the dinner because she's, like, still new to the group. But when they were all talking about, like, women have, have, like, the women having sex, she was like, Karen has sex. It was just, like, a funny, like, kind of outlandish thing. And I think it was, like, a window into her personality and to what we might get. I mean, we have a, we've got, like, a little um, inside look at, like, her house and stuff. But we don't know. I really don't know anything about her no, but uh she's a professor and it just was like making me realize like we've never really had like a professorial housewife we've never had like an academic no i don't like we've had doctors mm-hmm. lawyers yep. but we've never had a professor and i'm actually really excited because it's it really is so interesting to think of like your professor as a real housewife no and then it's like do her students watch and yeah like now we're so used to like okay my therapist might be a real housewife my lawyer could be a real housewife my doctor but like your professor so exciting yeah you think academia is like this separate world but now it's being converged it's very exciting i agree and she's a professor at johns hopkins which is no small feat no small feat she's very impressive i actually like her a lot um so uh, we have to talk about the elephant in the room which is just like candace's like whole persona everything about candace and it's hard because we really should like her, you yeah. know, because she's so cute. So cute. And I did like her in the beginning, and I know uh, and it was an unpopular opinion of me to like her. And I knew she was, like, annoying. I and liked her when she came on the scene because she's so cute and and spunky, and she has so much personality, yeah. and she stands by what she says. Yeah. But now, after, like, two or three seasons of knowing her, and, like, one, her storylines between her mother and her husband, like, it couldn't be less interesting. And they never evolve. It's, like, the same thing every first episode of every season. It's, like, again, money, mom. And as much as I like that she stands by what she says, like, she needs to learn how to pick her battles. And how to apologize. And she doesn't need to go so hard for everything. The the formula of a great housewife isn't someone who's right about everything. Like, that's impossible. Well, it helps, but... It helps, but, like, you're going to make mistakes and you really alienate people when you, like, refuse to take accountability and just own it and say sorry. Like, no one's... We're going to move on, but, like, you keep the conversation going and not in your favor when you just refuse to apologize. She's, like, so childish in that way where she can't see it from anyone else's perspective and like it's just her way or the highway and not to mention that incredibly stupid scene we got of her taking a pregnancy test when right after that chris her husband said we don't even have sex and then at dinner she said we wear condoms right so if you barely have sex and you wear condoms and she didn't mention like being late or anything like why would you think that you're pregnant she's just like really like crafting like an image on i don't feel like anything she shares is authentic no not at all like she literally woke up one morning said i i guess i'll take a pregnancy test and like try and make fetch happen in this scene because of it and honestly i was way more interested in what chris was cooking totally and i would love for her to walk down and be like please explain this breakfast sandwich that you're making i think it was like an egg and spinach sandwich it looks really good and interesting, unlike this fake pregnancy news that she tried to, like, 
spawn. Yeah, and they kept like teasing it in like the whole coming up this season. I peed on a stick. You know, and it was just it was a big ball of nothing. And similar to that, a big ball of nothing was a conversation between Juan and Giselle that they also kept teasing. He's like, "Does Robin know we're here?" Obviously, he was asking. What, we for- think they're about to hook up. No, it's so stupid. And like, I actually thought that conversation was sweet because I do think Giselle and Robin's friendship is really sweet. And like, Giselle was so genuinely happy for her friend. So I thought it was sweet, but like, just like the clickbaity, like, right? It was bothering We've me so much. Evolved with- past this. With the pee on the stick and then with the lunch with Giselle and Juan, it bothered me. Yeah, and I think I'm at a place with Candace now where it's like, for a housewife, there's two things. It's like, one, do I like the way that you interact with the ladies? If I do or if I don't, do I also like your home personal Personal. life scenes? And with Candace, I'm out on both right Mm now. And... It's it's not good. It's not good. Especially I agree. when like there's so much fabulosity in the room. Yes. Oh my you god. Know? And it's like I feel like we've gotten so much more personal stuff from um Candace and like Robin this season when I would honestly like more Monique and some a little Karen Huger because there's a lot of interesting things going on in her marriage and we got that very weird conversation in the kitchen where Ray was like very snippy. Yeah, and it's like they will air the scene of yes. Candace fake having a pregnancy with her husband, but they won't air the scene where Ashley and Giselle are talking and Ashley tells Giselle that Candace is trying to become friends with Sharice. Like, that is the tea. Yeah, no, and I'm like, they flash back to that like it was no big deal. I'm like, did I miss that? That was like the the most important part of the episode. It's like, no, we watched no, Candace in her we kitchen. We watched her pee on a stick. It's so stupid. And we heard the flush sound. Like, they were so intricate. <laughs> like, it was it was bothering me. But The flush. It was a good episode. And honestly, like, I just cannot wait for this big blow up because it looks just... And I know I'm going to be on Monique's side. There's not a thing she's ever said or done where I'm like, that is not my girl. And a personal update in Monique's life is that a few days ago, T'Challa, her bird, flew away, got lost by accident. And everyone in the Potomac neighborhood was, like, really, like, coming out and looking for him. And as of last night, he flew home. And she was, like, literally crying on her Instagram. It was beautiful. Wow. I love that for her. Monique, that's, that's beautiful. beautiful. Also, Sharice is, like, in the mix. Yeah. She'll be on next episode. But these rumors about Monique mm. and her trainer, that's, like, the big to-do. When when they were, um like, speaking, su- like, about the rumors and they were never telling us what they were... I'm not going to lie, I did assume it was, like, an affair, but her husband cheating on her. I really never thought Monique. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. When it's, like, kind of like Brandy Glanville, like, a former housewife, like, trying to make a splash and maybe get back on the show. If Monique was stepping on with her trainer in public, like, in 2020 yep. or 2019, like, someone has a photo of it. Yep. Right? If it's not that, and maybe Monique and Charisse were close and Monique confided in her, Mm -hmm. then that's also still not fodder for this show because Monique should be able to tell her friends things off camera, just like Brandi Glanville, Denise, etc. So no matter how you slice it, I'm not interested. Not yet. Unless there's a picture. Yeah, or unless it's true. (laughs) Right, no, unless there's some sort of proof. Yeah, agreed. Um, But overall, honestly, it's... Potomac is just good, I think, no matter what, because the girls on their own are just, like, funny and interesting. And, like, even if there's nothing going on, they're just funny. Like Yeah, and there was nothing going on in yeah. this episode, and it was enjoyable. Yeah. Um, oh, my God, that scene with the, like, lactating coach. And when she put her mouth on the knitted the nipple. ass nipple. <laughs> the knitted nipple. <laughs> that was crazy. Crazy. But she, it worked. Ashley no, was it like, did work. It was working flawlessly. But that was wild insanity. I actually figured you would really like that scene because you are fascinated by lactation. I'm that well since Olivia's breastfeeding, I'm just like fascinated by the female body and its miraculous functions. Right. And so I thought that maybe you 
you would have appreciated that scene. I did. If it was for anyone, any it was viewer, for it was for you. Um, okay, we're going to dive into Dear Toasters because it is Wednesday, which is our favorite day here. Oh my God, we didn't even say. Well, because we're recording it on Tuesday night, but it's hump day. <gasps> it's hump day. Theo, hump that... everyone you love. Hump everyone you love. Hump go everyone off. you love. Go Theo. So we're going to do. Theo. It's your birthday. Go, go Theo. Theo. So, Dear Toasters is our advice segment. You can email us, deartoasters at gmail.com. We always keep it anonymous, and we can help out with anything you need. And today's Dear Toasters is brought to you by Stamps.com, which reminds me, Jackie, you and I have to send out that letter. Oh, my God, and we need to use Stamps.com. And also because you can schedule a pickup, and we are, like, in the middle of nowhere, and we probably can't get to, like, a USPS or anything, so we must. Wow. We have to do that today. This is Don't forget. perfect time for scams.com. We're going to get in trouble if we don't send out that letter. Okay, we're going to do it today. As we slowly adjust to a new normal, we still need to be smart about how we do business. Luckily, there's stamps.com to make things easier. Thousands of small business owners have discovered the benefits of stamps.com in recent months. They've been able to keep their businesses running and avoid the crowds at the post office, all from their own computers. With stamps.com, you can print postage on demand and avoid going to the post office, and you'll save money with discounted rates you can't even get at the post office. Stamps.com also offers UPS services with discounts up to six. 62% and no residential surcharges. Stamps.com brings all the mailing and shipping services you need right to your computer in the comfort of your home or office. Whether you're a small business sending invoices, an online seller shipping out products, or just working from home and need to mail stuff, or you're a bunch of sisters who forgot to send out an important piece of paperwork, <laughs> Stamps.com can handle it with ease. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send. Once your mail is ready, just leave it for your mail carrier, schedule a pickup, or drop it in a mailbox. It's that simple. And like we said, with Stamps.com, you can get great discounts too. Five cents off every stamp and up to 62% off USPS and UPS rates. Stamps.com is a no-brainer because it saves you time and money. And right now, our listeners can get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in TOAST. That's Stamps.com, enter code TOAST. Love it. Sign on. Get out your important letter. Totally. Um, the right. Morgan Letters. <laughs> but they use stamps.com, the Morgan Letters. They do. They were way ahead of their time, though. 100%. Okay, dear toasters. Hi, Claude, Jack, and Theo. Love you all. I have a friend who I've recently connect- reconnected with. We were friends in high school, went to different colleges, and then now we live in the same city. Go Boston. Before the quarantine, myself and my friend, let's call her Cindy, all of, and all of our friends were all going out a lot and meeting up and doing really fun post-grad stuff. But every time we go out, Cindy seems to forget her wallet mm. or ask us to Venmo her, and she just ignores our requests when we send them. At her request, we go to pretty nice places and she always seems to get away with it for free my friends are now getting on my case that i've brought this person into the group who doesn't seem to understand that we need to split the bill equally i have no idea what to do do i bring it up do i stop inviting her out i feel like i'm at risk of losing my friends for being the one to bring her into the group sorry for the rant but i need help thank you yeah this is a problem your friend cindy delvey yeah cindy delvey cousin of anna Mm -hmm. literally this is like one of my least favorite qualities in a person and i think the best way to handle it is just outright like she's being so shameless like you'd be shameless back she'd be oh i forgot my wallet really again yeah so then i would be like okay everyone's we're not going to give the credit cards to the waitress until cindy accepts our venmo yeah no or you text her like i think that sometimes i mean for me i'm always just like okay i'm never seeing you again like you're making things awkward with my other friendships there's clearly something so fishy with someone who forgets their wallet every single time and doesn't pay venmo charges and demands that you go to the most expensive restaurant you can't be all three you cannot be all three. So for me, I would obviously cut and run, but that is not the mature thing to do. So I do think that you should tell her, like, the group is upset that you have not paid, like, 
your bill. You've got to pay your tab. And that moving forward, like you need to be more on top of these things. And I would say, I can't invite you to come to dinner with us until you pay back the money that you owe us. And I'm, and I'm sorry, but that's just, and I would even put it on the rest of the group because they are the ones saying yeah. it. And I would be like, I'm sorry, that's just what they said. I mean, if you don't, if you like like her a lot, then you have to solve the problem. But if you don't even like hanging out with her, like just get rid of her because this is a problem like nobody wants. But it seems like you like her and you want to keep inviting her. And like, this is something you just, you cannot beat around the bush about. It's not like you're hurting her feelings. Like she is straight up not paying like it's not it's not black and white i mean it is black and white it's not fucking gray and you have to be just as shameless as she is like i'm so uh, like i love i avoid like controversy and actually no i don't i avoid confrontation mm-hmm. sorry um and i and i do everything i can to avoid it but this is a situation where you just got to be shameless because she's being shameless too just be upfront be upfront and i would just write a long text that's like very politely worded be like hey like uh, some of the girls and I are going to go to dinner next week and I would love to invite you but unfortunately you owe all of us like a good amount of money so if you could please like send through the Venmo charges that um we've sent to you that way like you can come next week otherwise it's just not fair if we're all paying and you're not that's insane if I forget my wallet which honestly happens a lot I feel so bad I send the Venmo before everyone else's credit cards are even run like because I really don't want people thinking I'm like trying to be shady I just like legit switch bags and I'm dumb and I forgot my wallet and if you're gonna be that person like who's like ditzy like you have to pay the Venmo yes of course I mean I don't know if she's being ditzy no she's shady this seems like an Anna Delby situation just like trying to get nice meals and nice hotel rooms and not wanting to pay for it and you know what like there's no such thing as a free lunch you're gonna gonna lose some friends yeah and you gotta you gotta be upfront here yeah you gotta put your foot down all right thanks for writing in you work hard that's the thing taking advantage of like they're all post-grad they're probably like all you know on their own paying their own bills like money is tight at that stage in your life and like to have no respect for the other people who are like working new jobs and spending their money on like time with their friends and like just to like have no respect for that like that actually really bothers me yeah yeah you work too hard to put up with this shit. Yeah. All right, next up, Claude and Jack. How you doing? Literally Ooh. been with y'all since the breath. Ain't going anywhere. Buckle up. My mom has this guy she grew up with in Spain called Sam, who has literally always been in love with her, but she left for America and has been married to my dad, who's a pijam, for almost 30 years. Oh, I could tell. Anyway, her mom has recently lost a ton of weight and is snatched. My sister was on her phone and saw that they were messaging each other, the mom and Sam. Okay. I changed person. Sorry, I went from first person. Sorry. My sister was on my mom's phone and saw that they were messaging each other. Lots of complimenting her weight loss and other basically harmless messages. My dad does not like Sam because, hello, he isn't married 30 years later and is still in love with my mom. I asked my mom if my dad knew about her and Sam talking and she begged me not to tell my dad, so I didn't. Well, about three months ago, my mom and I were driving and my mom said she had to tell me that Sam sent her a nude on Messenger. My mom swears she deleted the photo and told him that she's married and she can never do that again. Well, my mom again begged me not to tell my dad and said she would stop talking to Sam. I obliged. Fast forward a week, my my sister, being the snitch that she is, was snooping at my mom's iPhone again and found more messages. I was livid. I called my mom out, told her she has to stop and tell my dad about the picture. I have even dragged my brother into it telling him and he is beyond mad at my mom. She has yet to tell my dad. I'm so hesitant to tell my dad because he struggles with depression and I don't want to set him off. SOS, help. What should I do? Tell my dad? How do I tell him? Or let my mom figure her shit out? Sincerely, a brother slash toaster with some mama drama. I actually, like, totally disagree with this girl. Okay, I disagree too. And I was about to say that. And then for a second, I was like, imagine if the roles were reversed and this was the dad, dad talking to, like, an old flame who sent him a nude and, like, the mom had depression issues and, like, he, like, I don't know why. No, by the way, if it was reverse gender, you're right, because we have these constructs in our head. Mm-hmm. 
I would give the same advice, just given the fact, like, your, your parents seem to have a good marriage, and your mom doesn't actually seem to be into Sam. Like, she told you her daughter that he sent you a nude. Like, she obviously thinks it's, like, crazy. I don't think he's... I, th- I do think he's harmless, and I think, like, honestly, making a, you're making a kind of a big deal out of it, and making your mom, like, tell, sit your dad down and tell him. I, honestly, I think it's, like, a little dramatic. Your mom's open about it. She's not lying. Mm-hmm. So, on, I think you're being dramatic. I, I don't think it needs to be really spoken about, and, like, you running around and telling all your siblings. I actually don't agree with you. I don't agree with that either, and that is what I was going to say. I think that they've been friends for 30 years. Like, nothing has happened. He lives in Spain. Yep. I don't think anything's going to happen. Your mom and your dad are happily married, and if she wanted to go be with Sam, like, she would go, and 100%. she would be with him, and she wouldn't be telling her kids that he sent her a nude. Also, tell your sister to stop going through her mom's phone. It's so disrespectful. it's so disrespectful. Totally forgot about that point, too. 100%. Yeah. Like, like people, your parents deserve privacy. Everyone is entitled to privacy. It's such a pet peeve of mine. Like, unless you really think someone is up to something like cheating or something illegal, maybe that is cause for getting a warrant and going through their phone, like getting um, a moral warrant. Yep. But I really think that people are entitled to their privacy. Yeah, you're, if you go through anyone's phone, you're going to find some stuff that it's like, I wish I didn't see that. Well, guess what? I'll tell you one way to not see it. Don't go through their phone. Hundred. <laughs> don't go through their phone. Hundred percent. Like, you know, like everyone... You asked for this problem, honestly. Like, like you, you kept searching. Like, if you go on anyone's phone, like, I'm sure I could go on your phone yeah. and dig deep and then be like, ooh, Claudia does this. Yeah, of course. And vice versa. And, like, we're just people like we're people everyone deserves privacy especially your parents because it's super disrespectful and honestly you don't you seem to like be annoyed that this is your problem yet you keep getting yourself in deeper yeah and like telling people bringing people in telling everyone in the house except your dad and i think you're making it a bigger deal than it is uh, agreed 100 percent. like when it's just like two adults long lost friends who are sharing some pics. it's harmless it's really even the pic like it's weird but it's not a big deal I mean, it's like, it's not a big deal because he's not coming over. He lives in Spain. It's been 30 years. And also there's a travel, like there's a quarantine ban. Like totally. on You're fine. You're fine. Um, all right. Third and final one. Dear Claudia and Jackie, little backstory. My roommate in college named Betty started dating an amazing guy freshman year, James. Oh, Stop. someone is using the names from Taylor Swift. You don't think that she wrote up the premise of the two songs and posed it as a problem for Dear Toasters? We'll see. That would actually be so funny. Oh, my God. So Betty and James started dating. They were couple goals. James is the nicest guy in the world. He's athletic, smart, driven, rich, and good looking. It seemed like he was a total package for my friend to be with. I couldn't be happier for her. Betty and I loved to go out and party just like all the other basic college girls, but that was never James's scene, which was fine. During our frequent nights out, Betty ended up making a serious connection for, with another guy from our school named Tim. Tim and Betty would spend all their time together while we were out drinking and then leave and go home to James and Inez. No I'm kidding. <laughs> Five years later, Betty was still seeing both guys. Oh, my God. She was seeing Tim? That's what she's saying. Okay, but she just said that they, like, had a connection when they were out drinking and they would talk and then she would go home to her boyfriend. Not a crime. Not a crime, but now it's an affair. She said five years later... Betty is still seeing James and Tim. Okay. They never knew about each other, and she managed to keep up with her double life, dating both Tim and James for all these years. This girl is my hero. Like, that's so hard. No, 100%. I can barely hang on to my husband. Like, I'm, <laughs> like, he's, like, I'm always forgetting stuff. Like, how does she do it? Yeah. I should add that her social media account is like neither of them exist. Are boys really that stupid? I've always been one of three people who knew the whole truth about Betty. One time, one of the three tried to speak out, and just like that, she was exiled, blocked, and then freaked out. What? Sorry, wait. Sorry. I've always been one of three people who know the whole oh, truth one about of the Betty. Three people. One of the three people tried to speak out, and just like that, she was exile blocked and freaked out on. Therefore, I just let Betty do her thing and keep myself out of the mess and her drama. And I just have to say, I think that's a great 
road to take, but things obviously get more complicated. Fast forward to today, and James proposes to Betty, who of course says yes. Now, because of the new rock on her finger, she called him and told him everything. She also asked him to wait for her because she plans to break off the engagement eventually. But let's be honest, as I said, James is the whole package. She would be a godforsaken fool to leave such a great guy. I love how she phrased that. Tim, the sad little naive puppy that he is, basically agreed to wait for her, and he is choosing to keep his mouth shut about her relationship with him until James... And leaving James in the dark. Oh my God. I've been thinking about James nonstop and how I know he's about to make the worst decision of his life, marrying someone who has been cheating on him for five years. All three of these people are my friends, so I always try to stay out of it, but I'm not sure I can let James go through with this. How do I sit at his wedding and support this live a marriage? Do I tell James the whole truth or sit back, wait, and hope all this either blows up or blows over? Thank you in advance for what I'm sure is terrific advice. I just have to say... She's saying that Betty is eventually going to break off the engagement, but she's worried that she's going to be sitting at James and Betty's wedding. Like, yeah, Betty's not breaking off the engagement. Yeah. She's going to take this shit all, all the way because this is just her life and this is who she is and she's stringing Tim along because she still wants him around. But if she was going to break off the engagement, why wouldn't she do it right now? My question is, does the girl writing in know James at all? If not through Betty? It sounds like friend's boyfriend. Five years of friendship. That's, that's a long time. Stay out of it. Yeah, I mean, if you want to get into it, it, this feels like a movie plot to me, or like the plot of three songs on the Folklore album. Yeah. Um, So, like, a part of me is tempted to be, like, write a letter or set, like, plan a surprise party for Betty where you invite James and Tim and watch it all implode. Um, But life is not a movie, unfortunately. And... If you if you if Betty is your girl and like she's your priority, then you stay out of it because you care about your friends being happy and you don't. This girl's insane. Like, but that is ins- that is tr- truly certifiably insane. And like, if this were a man that we were talking about and he was living a double yeah. life for five years, like we would be like, this person is a sociopath, and we would tell the girl to like look out for the other girls. Girl. Right. I totally would. So. I mean, as much as, like, I don't think you should get involved in other people's drama, like, sometimes you have to do a good deed and save a person from a terrible life. Yeah, you know what? This actually might be the perfect situation to write a letter. Yeah. A la Ronnie and Sam. Yeah. Dear James. But then you, you have to know that if it gets out, like, and Betty wants to know who wrote it, like, and it, you might have to say it was you, like, you'll lose your friendship. Right, because there's only one of three people who know. But, like, I don't know, letting someone go down that road. You're honestly, you're doing it. A, a disservice mitzvah. to Betty, too. It's like, she's in a mess. You could really help her out. Even though my mantra in life is just, like, stay out of it. But you're right. Like, this guy, James, who's such a nice guy, is, like, literally wasting years and years, prime years of his life. Yeah. I think you got to do the mitzvah for James. And You do? I don't know. It just feels too wrong. But I'm I just, guess. I'm looking at this too much like a movie and not, like, real life, you know? Because in real life, yes. people suck, so. I know. It, this does give me majeure movie vibes. Yeah. But like you heard the rumors from Inez. You can't believe a word she says. But this time it was real. But this time they were true. Um, yeah, this is on you. I, I mean, I guess you're writing to us for advice. And we're like literally <laughs> just going over the two possible routes. And like we're not giving you. My my thing is to stay out of it. Like, you know what? Life is hard enough. People make their own beds. They have to lay in it. Like, you're busy. You have life. You have a, you have a life. You have relationships. You have a job. Like, focus on yourself. And uh, let other people sleep in their shitty ass beds. And my advice is do something about it because I feel bad for these people. And maybe, like, leak it to a source close to James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then, like, it's like giving it to Rinna and hoping she tells Denise. Yeah, oh, that's a good idea. Like, maybe the secret just should should be a little looser. Yeah. 
Like, don't tell him directly, but, like, don't shield it from maybe his mother. Ooh, I love that. No, that's so crazy. Like, from his friend or his sister. Yeah, sister, sister. Yeah, sister. Um, So that's Dear Toasters, and that's our show. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. We'll have, again, Dear Toasters, all of our TV recap. Um, Anything you want us to talk about, do let us know. Be following us on Instagram and subscribe to the podcast anywhere you get your podcast so you don't miss our new weekly episodes. Reminder, we are back September 15th, 14th, sorry, and we will see you then. Bye.